This is Witch. I'm your host, Crystal Kennedy, and together we'll explore the world of magic, the mysteries of the universe, spirituality, and so much more. The word witch for me has always stood for woman in total control of herself. Well, I'm far from having total control over myself, but I strive to learn more every day and share my findings here with you. I invite you fellow seekers to grab a broomstick or your favorite witch's brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Witch. What's up, witches? It's your girl, Crystal, here. Happy Mystical Monday, and welcome to this week's episode of Witch. Today on the cast, I had the pleasure of interviewing the amazingly magical Haley Cole. This babe is a healer in every sense of the word, not only offering sessions and tips on social media, but she's also an artist, teaches her own Golden Light Healing Certification course, and is starting a mystery school, which I just think is so cool. (laughs) We talk about connecting with your spirit team and how they help guide you, finding your home of the soul, how Haley uses Golden Light Healing and meditation to help heal herself and her clients, and learning to trust your intuition. (laughs) I like a play on words. I had such an amazing time talking to Haley, and I can't wait to share her story with you guys. But before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment of gratitude for all of you out there who have tuned into my little witchy show. Thank you so much. This is my passion, and I'm so grateful to all of you listening for going on this journey with me. And if you have a moment and feel so inclined, please head over to iTunes to rate the show five stars. I have so much more magic I want to bring to you, witches, and five-star ratings really help me get there and help the show keep growing. Plus, I love hearing from you, so please feel free to write a review and or DM me on Insta and let me know how you're liking the show. I also wanted to take a moment to shout out my very favorite tea company, Magic Hour Tea. I am absolutely obsessed with this company and the amazingly delicious teas and other magical products they offer. They even offer a tea ceremony subscription box that brings deliciously healing teas and spiritual teachings to you every month. This month's tea was so delicious. I've already finished the bag. (laughs) So if you're a witchy tea lover like I am and you haven't checked out Magic Hour, please do yourself a favor and head on over to the show notes for links to their website. And also make sure that when you head there, join their mailing list to get 10% off your first order of $25 or more. All right, witches, I have a great episode in store for you. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Haley Cole. I am so stupid excited for this interview. I am such a fan of yours. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. Um, Let's go ahead and start like jumping in. I want to know all about your background. I know that you started this path at a really, really early age, Mm -hmm. um, like eight years old, and then you were like a certified Reiki master at 16. Mm Mm-hmm. That is crazy. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about what what got you started and inspired you to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my whole story is like interesting because I just kind of like stumbled into everything. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) there wasn't much clear cut decision. So um, I just always really loved like God from, I don't know, for as long as I can remember. Um, And we 
did like kind of, my parents were Catholic and stuff like that. But then Mm -hmm. around that time, around when I was eight, they decided to just like kind of venture out and and look into different options. And around that time, there was um, a mentor that they met and just became a really close family friend. Um, And there was a few others along the way that we met as well. But um, it was more like <laughs> along the lines of, um, my mentor was just like, she, she should be in like these classes and, um, more like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, sure. Like it wasn't, yeah. it was, it was like a, a very much of like a clumsily just stumbled into to this. And, um, I just loved it so much. And my mentor, his name is Georgie Ayaya. Um, and he would come and I grew up in a very small town, um, in Connecticut, but he grew up, I mean, he came, would come as I was growing up and teach workshops about, um, the chakras and about meditation and would teach my brothers and I about like meditation and, um, kind of like about how, you know, the enlightenment process and how that works and, um, about the gods and the goddesses and sun and masters and how to connect and what, essentially is possible in that realm. So, um, it was really beautiful to be able to see that and be exposed to that. And then I kind of started going to, um, you know, like really beautiful, like kind of saints and, um, sages at pretty young age. So I got to go see like Shukran Mai and Mother Mira and Amma. And so I was exposed to people who, um, you know, we're very, uh, uh, they're enlightened. So getting to see that. So it was a very fortunate, <laughs> um, wow. upbringing. Um, and it's really interesting because my brothers and I talk about it all the time, but like half the time we didn't even know what was going on. Like my mother <laughs> and my parents would just wake us up at like 5am and be like, we're going to New York to go see an Indian saint. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like, cool is <laughs> Can I sleep there. in the car on the way? <laughs> And we loved it. And, and I, I struggled a lot in school and I struggled a lot, you know, fitting in and in Mm -hmm. the times where I got to be in a very spiritual environment, that was really the only time I felt like I belonged. Um, and so it, it was such a lifesaver for me growing up because I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that. Oh, it's so cool that your parents were so open to that too. Like that's, that's incredible. Like to have parents that are that inquisitive themselves and like want the best for their kids and are exposing them to all these different, like really beautiful practices that not don't necessarily fit into Catholicism or anything like that. Like that's very, very cool of your parents. Yeah. We were definitely along for the ride, which is fun. And it was great. And it's interesting because now we all have very, very different belief systems now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's interesting how much we've diverged, even though we, my siblings and I had very similar upbringings, obviously. Um, and my parents have their own set of beliefs. So it's very different throughout the five of us, um, which is interesting. Wow. What is the, what are the bigger practices that you took away from your childhood, um, that you were introduced to through these sages and these incredible enlightened people? Um, so for them, it was very much, um, I don't know if anyone's been able to go to like, to see them, but it's very much group settings and you mm-hmm. go and you typically get a blessing, but they would talk, um, and give speeches in the beginning and stuff like that. Um, so from them, it was, it was all just about kind of like what I picked up on at least was that everything is just within you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I interpreted it. And the more you're devoted to that and recognizing that with in yourself and understanding that it's within you and around you and it's everywhere. It's not just, you know, outside of you, which I think a lot of people 
connect to that a little bit more. And, and as they go down that path that they find that it's not necessarily the case, but essentially that like, it all just comes back to love mm-hmm. and, um, discipline and having that. And that's kind of like a lot of the takeaways that, that I had and just trust in, in source and in God and, you know, from my mentor and, um, my teacher, you know, he taught me such tactical information of like, this is how you meditate, obviously like understanding energy healing. Um, I don't practice Reiki as much anymore because mm-hmm. it's just, I've just done my own thing, <laughs> um, yeah. energy healing essentially. Um, but it was a really beautiful kind of start and an introduction into it. Um, so, you know, what I learned from him was really beautiful. And I was like such a nerd that I would like any book that I could get my hands on, um, cause my grandmother also started to my whole, like, there was like, it was really just my family during this class that he came and taught. It was my grandmother and my aunts, um, my grandfather, and then my, like my parents. Um, wow. That's me. really cool. Yeah. So it was a family ordeal. So, um, <laughs> my grandmother was also into it and I would, um, spend the summers with my mom and my grandparents. And so there was always like books just everywhere that I would just pick up and read too. So also things from there. And I don't remember much of them because there was so many, <laughs> but um, also just kind of taking in information that way, any, anything that I could find. That's like going to Hogwarts as a kid. That's like having access to like... I'm still obsessed with Harry Potter. <laughs> oh girl, that I have the three stars tattooed. Oh, that's really? on the corners. Yeah. <laughs> I got that on my 30th birthday to remind myself not to grow up too much. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I think anybody in our, like around our generation is, I mean, you either love Harry Potter or you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you roommate, I grew up with her and we always have it on and like in the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's always just on. Just ambiance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found there's these like YouTube videos where they do the ambiance, um, background noise Mm, from like Hogwarts and from Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And that's how I write. I just put that on in the background and I just pretend (laughs) I'm (laughs) soaking all the magic. (laughs) So you became a certified Reiki master at 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Like your whole family was just into it. And then you were like, yes, I'm doing this. How did that end up developing, um, into the golden light healing? Because that's, I think that's a term very specific to, to your brand in a way, not completely, Mm -hmm. but like, that's very much your calling card is the golden light healing. So I want to know how that transitioned for you and what, what insights came. So it was really interesting because it actually didn't really have anything to do with Reiki. Um, Mm -hmm. and I always like liked the energy of it. Um, I think it's very loving and it's very compassionate and it's like very, just like, it is very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I was, I call it like more getting gifted because I didn't come up with it. Um, my guides taught me, so I can't (laughs) take any credit for it. Um, (laughs) but after, um, I had a, a traumatic event occur, um, I had a lot of stuff that was coming up. And I was really depressed. I was very anxious. I couldn't really sleep. Um, and I needed to figure something out. And, you know, I, I needed, I had all these tools and I wasn't really utilizing them. And I realized that. And I got very lucky um, with what I was being exposed to. And so I was like, well, you have the tools. So you should probably start implementing them. And I was just so sick of feeling upset and, 
just, I wanted to be happy. Like that was the only goal at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes people think that the goal is to like teach this and it was not, it was just that I right. joy. Um, it was very like basic. Um, and so I was very strict with myself. Um, and I would only allow myself, um, to take in information that was positive or raise my vibration, or I learned from in some way, shape or form. Um, Mm. I was working a nine to five at the time. So right after kind of, I was a terrible employee, but, (laughs) (laughs) but after, after that, yeah, it's just the case. Um, after that, after I would get out of work, um, I would go and I would do like a really intense workout can I expect to my body go back home, you know, obviously dinner, take a shower or whatever. And then mm. immediately like the rest of the night was just devoted to healing or spirituality or some sort mm. of personal development. Um, so in that time, um, I could, I would allow myself to read if it was a material where I could learn from, or it was positive. Um, I would only like take in knowledge or information like from YouTube or whatever, that same criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, I only let myself to like watch the bachelor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why again <laughs> um but yeah, there's something about it that you needed like, like you might have needed like the spiritual detox myself, <laughs> um then, yeah so I let myself watch that um and then I would have to meditate for at least 20 minutes but it ended up going for longer and in those 20 minutes was actually when I would get the information about like healing work because mm. Um, I felt like I was hitting walls and whenever I do that, I then call in my guides and Mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, can you help me and take me through a process or take me back to a memory or like do X, Y, and Z. And so they would take me through these processes or show me different things, um, and guide me through how to heal and how to release and how to let go and what to do and all of this stuff. Um, and the process like lasted a very vast, not, I mean, like in retrospect, not that long, but it was about like a year and a half before I was like kind of ready to, to work on other people. And that's when I got the message that I could do readings on people. And then uh, I, then I was finding like, I just want to do a healing on you because I feel like I can get in there and, and it'd be easier. Yeah. Um, and so it developed into me doing golden light healings on other people. And then I did it for like a while on other people probably about a year, year and a half. And then my guides one day were like, okay, go certify and teach people. Um, it was like literally one day. And then the next day was when I opened up the certification. So it was very like abrupt. That's how my guides work. Like they're very like to the point. Yeah. Um, and they're very blunt with me. And so it was like, okay, so that's how I started teaching in it to other people. Um, but I had no idea that it was going to be a whole separate thing. <laughs> That's I was so going cool. through the process. I was just like, great, this is helping. Um, and this is working so great. This is perfect. Um, it's like yeah. such an intuitive way to go about it though. Cause it's not like you were like, okay, I'm, I know I'm this type of person and I want this plan. You've really like followed your, your intuition to like, to these amazing healing things. Like I want to heal myself and I know this works for other people. Like I can heal other people and help them learn how to heal themselves. That's really, really amazing. Yeah, it was definitely it's very empowering. And that's kind of like why I, I like this kind of healing and not that Reiki isn't. And whenever I say this stuff, like it's never talking down or like bad about any other sort of healing, but it's all about empowering the individual that you're doing the work on so that they understand that they're always in control and they always have the power to be able to heal themselves. And you're just really a channel and a guide for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Is that one of the main differences between like a Reiki healing and the golden light healing is like giving somebody practical tools that they can use? I think that Reiki, you're definitely a channel and a guide still. Um, and there's symbols and stuff like that for specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that with, at least from like being able to do did both, I feel like it's more specific, um, because like how to handle if a past life comes up, what the exact thing to do with that, obviously within the realms of what comes through, um, and like inner child healing. So it's like very specific depending on what comes up, um, versus sometimes it being like a little bit more general. Mm -hmm. Um, but with Reiki, it it works beautifully too, because sometimes that's what people need. Um, because I do find that sometimes the golden light healings can be a little bit, not intense, but, um, they definitely bring things up, I think quicker, um, to be released. So I think that sometimes like I have a lot of people who have, I've had people gone through the certification and they are also Reiki practitioners Mm -hmm. and they find that, the energies working together is really beautiful because it kind of balances them out. So I don't think either one is better than, than the other. It's just what the person needs at the time to really like purge it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's yes. And I've, I actually just was doing a workshop where, um, it's like a seven chakra workshop Mm -hmm. and, uh, we did some healing on the sacral chakra and like a bunch of, I didn't even know it was that blocked and like a bunch of stuff started coming up for me. And I was like actually looking into the golden light healing. I'm like, I wonder if she has any tips (laughs) of how to like (laughs) kind of can like work through that after uh, like a, what's the word for it? A, a purging almost Mm -hmm. like any like care tips that happen after that. Yeah. So with a sacral chakra in particular, um, I always will sometimes go to the element it's associated with and then Mm -hmm. working with that element. So for the sacral in particular and the sacral for women is typically like pretty has a lot of stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't love using the word blocked, but I haven't figured out another word to use for it. Um, but you know, it, it's kind of like, it's blocked for a lot of women and for men too. I'm not saying that it's not, um, but because it's such a feminine chakra, it tends to just take on more of the energy and blockages for women Mm -hmm. or those who connect with a divine feminine essence. Um, and so there is like a lot of purging and releasing that happens, especially if, they're really stepping into their own and they're discovering their truth and connecting back with that. Cause I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So that's something I always tend to focus on with them mm-hmm. um, because creation, that's such a big part of being able to, you know, create manifest and create money and all of that stuff um, and align with that. And that's all within, you know, the lower chakras. So it is really beautiful and important. So I always tell people like, if you're clearing out the sacral, um, one thing that you do is make sure you're drinking a ton of water um, mm-hmm. because you need to rehydrate your system. Um, I always will suggest meditation and just meditating on the sacral. Um, if you just wanted to like integrate that light into it, I'll also just kind of imagine water, like the energetically, yeah. kind of entering the sacral to like wash it out. Um, if it's going through that process, um, you will probably have a little, if you're, um, if you do menstruate, you will probably have like a little bit more of an intense period, um, mm-hmm. when you're doing the sacral purging, but that's actually a good thing because it's really allowing the energy to move out. Um, and taking a lot of baths is really good too. Um, my I have a bath like, planned for tonight. I always, yeah. <laughs> I always shout her out cause I love her. And, um, she created like 
this um, company called Daydreamers Apothecary. Mm. And she made like bath salts and teas, like just for the chakras if people are going through stuff like that. So it's like so cool. So I shout her out all the time. <laughs> um, oh my God. I'll add her to the show notes too, because yeah. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so it's like things like that too are really helpful. Um, even things that you eat, like making mm-hmm. sure that what you're eating can help with balancing it out as well. Um, mm-hmm. And also just like anything you release, you also need to implement that energy back. So mm-hmm. for the sacral in particular, like if you're releasing a lot um, that's around that, then connecting back to your sacred feminine energy and like the divinity within that can help to replenish it. Okay. Per- that's exactly cool. That's very <laughs> succinct. I love that because I'm going to do all of that later. Perfect. <laughs> Very cool. Let's talk a little bit about intuition because I like that is your that is your game. I want to know kind of <laughs> how your intuition, um, how you really discovered it, how you learned how to work with it and trust mm-hmm. it, and then um, like what it looks like for you. Like which one of the Claire's you're more uh, at, or you know you lean towards most. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, it's a little bit of a mix between them. I'd probably say like the one that. I rely on the most is clairaudience. Um, and I'm working on clairvoyance right now. And that's actually mm-hmm. why, like I picked up art stuff was for the reason I was like, well, I need to work on this. Um, and, but clairaudience is really like the comfort of mm. it. Um, and sometimes clairsentience when I'm doing healings, it really depends. Typically what I found actually when I'm doing readings on people, it's how their gifts work. Um, is how I receive the messages. And, um, but when I'm meditating, it's sometimes clairaudience, sometimes clairvoyance, it's a little bit of a mix, but usually when I'm doing readings, it's how their gifts work is how I receive the message. Um, cool. which is interesting, unless I really need to concentrate on something, then it's how I'll receive it. But so that they know how their right. gifts work, um, that's how I receive it. Um, and then kind of how I figured it out, um, <laughs> it was really just, there, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know it was intuition. Um, but my mom would always tell me like, you can just ask God questions. And I was like, okay. And I would always get answers. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to go talk. So it was always just like talking to, to God and having that conversation. And I just kind of always knew God would like talk back. Um, and so the conversation was always kind of going on and that connection was kind of just there. And obviously like it's grown over time, um, and different abilities have evolved over time, but, um, it was just that part of it was very much just there, um, from a young age. So that I didn't know it was intuition, but Mm. (laughs) apparently it was, (laughs) and then it just grew. (laughs) Yeah, it just grew. Um, but I was also very lucky because, that part of intuition was encouraged, which is probably why it's the one that is so is easiest for me now. Um, but it was the clear audience. That was the one that was encouraged and mm-hmm. told to keep doing. And the one I trusted the most. Yeah. Um, so it's, it was always just kind of there. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For your clear audience, do you like, do you get like full sentences? Um, do you, can you hear, because so, I have a little bit of clear audience as well. And I can actually hear music a lot of times that for when I'm in a room completely by myself with no other things playing, do you get like angel tones and stuff like that too, through your clear audience? Yeah, I do. Um, I, 
I think people are surprised. I argue with my guides a lot. So it's, <laughs> it's like full conversations typically, especially if I'm meditating, uh-huh. um, especially with like Archangel Michael. Um, you very, and him just throw down. They're <laughs> <laughs> very, I'm just, I, I always listen to them in the end. I don't know why I bother arguing, but it literally <laughs> happened to me like last week. They told me to do something and I spelled my entire meditation just like arguing with them. <laughs> and they're always like, and they're so sweet and they're just like, no, like do it. It's going to work out great. <laughs> yeah. <just> like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it goes. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's sometimes like a back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes if I'm channeling and I'm going really fast and I'm channeling for someone, it'll just be like words because I'm talking fast. But if I'm just sitting there and listening, it can be a, a conversation. Sometimes it's songs. Um, but if I have a question, usually they'll just answer. That's, I love that you have like right away, but right. <laughs> I love that you have like arguments with Archangel Michael and you throw that into casual conversation. Just like, <laughs> yeah, this is something I do. Really, the only one that I argue with. <laughs> I love that though. I connect to Archangel yeah. Michael a lot. Like he's, I, I feel his presence around often. And I was supposed to be named Michael if I was a boy. There's a lot of connections to that particular yeah. deity for me. Yeah. Do you he doesn't um, argue with me? I just argue he's very loving I think people are I don't want anyone to be like oh wait like what no they like no right loving I'm the one who's arguing (laughs) it's a one-sided thing like they're telling me loving information and I'm fighting it yeah exactly (laughs) do you work with any other deities um it depends on kind of um what is happening at the time depending Mm -hmm. on what I'm going through or what I'm tapping into I'll work with certain ones who are on my team, or if I know I'm going to be doing something, I'll call them in. Mm -hmm. Um, I know sometimes with uh, people who consider themselves witches, it works a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that respect, I I don't think in the same way, um, I more call on them when I know that they're really good at something. Mm -hmm. Um, I work a lot with Ascended Masters um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes Archangels as well. Um, And and goddesses but I really love working with ascended masters because they've been human so they understand um like the process and they're really committed to helping humans and evolve and so um I love working with them probably like most of all wow what's the um what's the ascended master you tend to work with the most aside from archangel michael um I probably tend to work there's like probably four or four or five, I like really have been around me my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I really work Jesus is definitely one of them. Um, Mary Magdalene is another one. Sometimes mother Mary, um, she's more, she's like always there because she's an ever presence, but, um, I just think of like the divine mother as her Mm -hmm. essence. Um, but it's like those three. And then Osiris is one that's pretty prominent around me. Um, and then Isis is, is kind of in and out lately, but she's, she's someone I call on a lot too. I love that. I pulled from the Isis deck before. Oh, I love her. Yes. <laughs> I love the goddess Isis. She, her, I resonate with her a lot too. And it's so, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's one of those little synchronistic moments for me where I was like, you know, having that moment before the podcast where I was like, okay, what energy do I need to embody today? And I was just like, I'm feeling ISIS and like, yeah, grabbed that. she's awesome. She's awesome. <laughs> she's, she is a fierce, fierce it's international woman's day. Like she's perfect for it. I know. And really that's like the best part of it too, where I was like, I am feeling this divine feminine today. Yeah, like, exactly. and I, I love that. That's yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> um, 
Do you do Akashic Records work at all? Do you like ever dive into to your records or to other people's records? Um, I I dive into mine when I need to know certain things. Um, and I used to do readings kind of, but the way I was doing Akashic Records and the way they wanted me to do them, mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable with. So I actually stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't do it too much anymore. Um, unless like, I think I did it like literally one time during a reading that it came up and then it was like here and there. So I was practicing and it just like, wasn't aligning right energy that I, I really wanted to have to be in all the time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the Akashic records. It was like how they wanted me to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I decided, I just told them, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, and give someone else. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, but I think it's great and I think it's amazing. Um, but it's, it, it's, it was just interesting the way, the way they wanted me to do it, but I do go into them for myself sometimes. Right on. Yeah. Um, shift, um, just because they're connecting and like with the intention of like connecting to source, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. Um, and having that be like the main thing. Mm-hmm. For me. Um, I always tell people like the, the purpose and like why I have a spiritual practice. Like it's not so I have gifts, like it's not to acquire new things or to even like grow my intuition. It's just so I can get closer to source. And then the intuition just comes as a byproduct. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're chasing having like intuitive gifts, it's going, you're going to beat yourself up because you're not, you're going to be comparing yourself to other people. You're going to be like, I want I want this, but in my experience, whenever I wanted it, that was my ego Yeah, coming in and being like, you want to be able to do something. Um, and for me, whenever I just align it to source and wanting to get closer to God, then, uh, and that's like really what I I care about and what I'm going towards. The gifts just kind of grow as a byproduct of that. Um, and just healing too, when you heal different aspects of yourself, your gifts are just going to grow because you're ready for that next level and you're ready for that next step. So it's really just focusing on the inner work and focusing on the healing and the connection to yourself and to, and to love and Mm -hmm. the the rest just kind of follows. Um, and also depending on how your gifts work is really important to like understand how you receive messages, which is how, which is what we call the clairs. Mm -hmm. Um, the clairs are how we receive um, and so understanding too, how your gifts work, because oftentimes people will have a really deep sense of intuition, but they don't even know because they're not aware it's intuition. So they might think that like, when they get that overwhelming feeling of emotion, when they walk into a room or when they're around someone or when they're meditating that they're just like, Oh, it's just feelings. But really that's like your guides talking to you, or that's something trying to come up because you're clairsentient. Mm-hmm. Um, or you just have a strong, like gift of like knowing. So you just look at someone and you just know like something about them, or you just know that this is the right decision to make, which is clear cognizance. And then there's clear audience, which is hearing, but oftentimes a lot of people who are like authors or speakers, um, or they are like journalists or even like lawyers, or they have clear cognizance and they know that, but eventually it develops typically into clear audience, the more that they connect with it and the more that they trust it. Um, and they might also be like musicians, um, and they really connect to like music and sounds and things like that. Um, so they will probably get messages through lyrics or through poetry or through, um, even just like random thoughts in their head that they're like, where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, 
and then clairvoyance, which a lot of people, there's like so much misinformation about clairvoyance, yeah. um, but a lot of like artists and creatives and designers are clairvoyant because they can see things in their mind's eye. And it really looks like a memory, um, is like the visions. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think it's just like seeing auras or seeing like dead people or that like Archangel Michael is going to come up next to your bed and be like, hi, right? <laughs> <laughs> which like not saying that can't happen. Um, but you know, like in the, in the beginning, Archangel Michael probably won't do that because you're, he's 10 feet tall and you're a heart attack. Right. Um, so, um, it builds up over time mm-hmm. and the more that you like practice that and the more that you acknowledge that too, um, And the more that you like work, depending on how far you are in this spiritual journey in this lifetime, but also the culmination of all of your other lifetimes where you've done the spiritual work. And I think that's really important is because oftentimes people are like looking to the sides and like comparing of like, well, we started our spiritual journey at the same time and she can do these things and I can't, but you're not taking into account all of the work that that person did in their past life. Um, And so it might develop just a little bit quicker for them. Oh, it's so interesting. I've never heard uh, put like that before. I really love that yeah. because it's, you know, it, there, this is an infinite journey we're on mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, it's really tough to wrap your head around that because our small human brains can't really get there or it's like, I'm sorry, what infinity? I don't even understand that concept, yeah. but there's been so much. And I, I, the, the more open I get, the more of past life stuff that keeps coming back to me. And it's like, like you said, the misinformation about clairvoyance has been, rooted deep within me. Cause for the longest time I have, I have really good visualization. I can visualize, I can watch a movie in my head if I want mm. to. No one ever told me that's what that, that, that was clairvoyance. <laughs> yeah. So for the longest time, I'm like, I'm getting all these weird pictures. Like I'd get weird pictures of people I'd never seen before. Like yeah. right as I'm going to bed, just like kind of flash before my face. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, but that's what it did is. I, yeah. And I'm like, did I see that person today? Like, what is that? Yeah. And then when somebody, when I finally was told that information, I was like, I've been doing this my whole life and I had yeah. no, no clue at all. Yeah. yeah. So I love we're that. All like, intuitive, I, Cause we're all like yeah. divine beings. So it's always going to be there. It's just, we don't always notice. Right. Well, that was a huge wake up call for me too, because for the longest time, especially when you like watch popular media or whatever, it's like Mm -hmm. this, this specialized thing that people do and it's something you're born with and you can't, it's this weird gift that's bestowed upon you from the gods and no one, like very few people aside from now tell us like, Oh no, this is something everybody has. It's like working out a muscle. You just have to develop it. Yeah, exactly. And, and realize the muscle is even there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So with your golden light, um, uh, healing certification, what, what is, uh, what does that even, what does that entail? Sorry, like tripping over <laughs> oh. my own words. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so I've actually changed it a little bit. Um, it's five months long for like the teaching process. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to get a certain amount of hours in, um, but then part of it and like part of the homework is working on each other and mm-hmm. um, doing doing it with each other. So you're getting to know each other and stuff like that. Um, and then it's just every other week because it's every other week I teach the classes. Um, mm-hmm. I teach something new. And then at the end, I always tend to guide people through a meditation so that they can do it firsthand what was taught because you have to understand and do it on yourself first before yeah. you do it on someone else. Um, so I will always tend to take them through that. Um, but yeah, it's a five, five month process for like the teaching. And then whenever you finish your hours, um, it's when you get your certification. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. I love, I love that your, your guides told you to do that and you were like, yes, okay, done. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you, do they give you the information that like you end up teaching? Do they kind of guide you to the information that's going to be the most appropriate and, and applicable for that? So for that, it was just kind of like everything I had learned. Like it wasn't really a one download. I think I would have explored so much information. (laughs) Um, it was like, it was all the information that they had been teaching me over the course of like two years. Mm -hmm. I mean, like obviously before that too, but like really like the techniques and stuff. Um, so it was kind of just like what I do mm-hmm. during when I'm doing these healings is what I would teach. Um, and like the process and what that kind of looks like. So yes, they, I mean, they give me everything. Like I don't, I'm not taking credit for anything. <laughs> like, I did not come up with this on my own. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of just like everything is, is guided throughout that process, but I don't, especially with this kind of work, I don't do anything without their permission. Right. Um, so yeah, everything is like approved by them. <laughs> right. When you do, um, healings for other people do you have to get permission from their guides to go in and do oh work? yeah or do you, I don't yeah I'm like so adamant about that um I and like I tell everyone it's like you can't do any work on anybody unless you get their permission mm-hmm. um which is why it's like I'm just like you can never like read anyone without their permission you can never like um do a healing on them without their permission because you're imposing on someone's free will at that point right um and essentially like tapping into something that you don't have permission to do and so it's kind of also just like invasive like you mm-hmm. wouldn't like randomly walk up and like touch someone without their consent so like right same thing I would with hope so. <laughs> yeah exactly um so any like a, same thing works energetically and especially for readings too it's essentially like reading somebody's diary or their journal without their permission it's a violation of privacy um so I'm so adamant that like you have to get permission and like them signing up for healing is them giving them is them giving permission but totally um, yeah, you can never just do, do work on someone unless they say it's okay. <laughs> right. Well, right. Totally. Yeah. I would hope not. When you're in session too. So when you're doing healing, is there any, like, do you get clients that have any like sensational things happen while they're in session, like tingling or like yeah. any sort of like physical manifestations of the spiritual healing? Yeah. Um, there's been like quite a few times. Sometimes people will just get super cold Sometimes they'll get really hot. Sometimes they'll feel like they're like buzzing or vibrating or they can feel the energy like going on in certain areas of the body. Um, especially if you're working on certain chakras, like they can really feel it. So if I'm working on the throat, sometimes they'll like clear their throat a lot or like start coughing. Um, they can typically really feel it in the chest area because they do a lot of heart work. Um, or I had like, I've had a lot of people who get emotional. Um, so there was one woman I was doing a lot of work on her heart center, but it was so like wrapped in vines that I couldn't get in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I turned to her guides. I was like, I can't get in there. Like you guys, I need help, but you guys need to do something. And she immediately started crying. Um, and when she started crying, the like vines started to like kind of loosen so that I was able to like do some work on them. Um, so that was probably like the most emotional correlation that I've seen. Wow. When you, so when you talk about that, that like the binding, is that something that you're seeing in your mind's eye or mm-hmm. that you are, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's visual and you can kind of feel the energy pushing as well. Yeah. Um, wow. so I, I mean, like everybody's different. I typically like don't do a ton of work with my hands. Everything is visual. I'm kind of in a more of a meditative state when I'm doing these. Right. Um, and it's very just like in my mind's eye and kind of going through 
through the motions and stuff and what I have to to do. <laughs> wow. What do you feel like is like the, the most, I think right now that's such a loaded question, but for you, like when you're doing your own healing work, um, what tends to be the areas of your life that you have to focus on the most and like control the most and kind of do maintenance on the most, like the chakras? For me, um, my heart has been a really big focus um, for the last few years. Um, my sacral is a really big one for me too. I have to regulate my solar plexus a lot because um, <laughs> I have a lot of just energy oftentimes, like especially at certain times of the month, like mm-hmm. it literally feels like I just like have a lot of her energy just like surging and I'm on fire. Um, yeah. So I have to regulate it a lot. Um, and, but like clearing it out, it's probably sacral and heart and sometimes root mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes throat. Mm-hmm. Cause your third eye and your, your crown chakra are pretty, they're pretty open and like you use those regularly. So it's like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. I find that the, yeah, the, I find the lower chakras are the ones that tend to almost get ignored the most in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. yeah. because of, especially in the spiritual community, cause we're so focused on the crown and the, and the uh, third eye chakra yeah. and, and the throat, like, well, and the heart too. So those like yeah. the bottom three are like, they're there and they're important, but I don't yeah. know if they get the maintenance as much they're as they so do. Important. <laughs> they're so important. They're so important. Um, I'm learning that this week through my own little chakra course that I've been doing, yeah. and I didn't realize how many issues were there because I was going through it and I was like, I think I got this handled, and like really digging into it was such a different experience. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so interesting because so often people only talk about the third eye when they talk mm-hmm. about intuition, and obviously, like it's in charge of intuition and like insight, but intuition has to do with the entire like chakra system, not just the third eye. So if anyone is trying to like help to build their intuition, like you have to start at the root because typically if something's not happening, it's because you're afraid of it. So what's in charge of that is the root. So you have to let go of the fear that's correlated with you stepping into this Mm -hmm. um, and then work your way up the system. Um, But especially just naturally, I think actually for spiritual people, it's really important to make sure that you're doing the grounding work because then you'll just end up so up here and then you won't really want to be here. And then you might even get a little depressed that you're here. That's <laughs> been my whole problem. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the longest time, because I was focusing so, especially when I was getting more into spirituality, like five or six years ago, yeah. I was focusing so hard on the the crown and the third eye and the throat. Cause that has been an issue for me too, mm-hmm. but I was focusing so hard on those other ones and not really paying attention to the lower chakra system at all. That mm. most of the time I was like, I'm so in my head all of the time. I feel like I'm not in reality. I feel like I'm not on this yeah. earth. And I'm like, I really felt like, like, um, like mist in a meat suit you know, where I was just yeah, like, that's an indication that the third eye is overactive. Yeah. And that was definitely what was happening. And then like I, this workshop kind of serendipitously came to me mm. and like, and they talked about the, the root chakra and the foundation that it builds the rest of your system on. And I was like, Oh, I've been doing this all backwards. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a a common, it's such a common thing that people do though. And, um, even with like doing like a lot of work, it's oftentimes people go from the root up when they're doing like certain works. And like, whenever I do healings and whenever I'm meditating, I actually go from the crown down. Um, Mm. so if you ever feel like you are a little bit in your head, um, instead of doing work from the root chakra up, because essentially you're guiding the energy to go up to your crown, 
I go from the crown down so that I'm making sure I'm grounding into my body and obviously do what works best for you. But I know for me, like I'm always up here and I'm, especially with my job, like I have right. to, so yeah. um, I, I make sure that when I'm meditating, it actually starts from the crown down. And that's actually what I teach when I do golden light healing, um, is more of like a grounding coming back okay. into the body. That makes so much sense for me as an individual, mm. because I think that's been the issue that I've had going from the root up for so long yeah. is because I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm already not here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm already way up here all the time. So yeah. it's difficult for me to like bring energy back up. Cause then I just end up back in my head. That makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take that advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even the people you surround yourself with too, um, kind of like taking note of like, what kind of people do you attract? Well, all of my friends are super, super grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very earthy. Some of them don't even like believe in this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so too, like that can, that can be a factor as well. And seeing who you're surrounded with. Is a yeah. Thing. I'm surrounded by a lot of people that are very in their heads too. Like I, mm. I surround myself with, I, I guess intellectuals would be the word I would use. Like I really mm-hmm. love that mental like ping pong match. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Like, that's just the type of person that I like tend to gravitate towards the most, I think. Yeah. I'm the same way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love love talking and I love like mental exchange. It's so fun. But I know. I I love a witticism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So you also do this incredible artwork. And (laughs) I, I think I actually read in something on your website that says that they're actually channeled pieces of art because when I look at them before knowing that I was like I feel like she's taking us to another realm in this artwork it Mm -hmm. feels like a different plane of existence one that I would much rather be in (laughs) (laughs) Um, does that it all comes from channeled messages from your spirit guides um yeah so when I'm doing work with someone else essentially how I'm doing readings now is creating these pieces um and so for for that I call it like home of the soul work. Um, because when I was younger, my mentor actually took me through like a meditation, um, where I like went to my home of the soul. And so I was like, I, think I was like 10, I wasn't even that old. Um, but I, it was just like, was like one thing that always stuck with me. Um, because I, I had a place to go when I needed to ground. And I always tell people like, this isn't for escapism. Like mm-hmm. you're here, you're human. You decided to be here. This is like your home as well. Your body is your home. This is a place for you to go in meditation so that if you need to release something, if you need to heal, it exists for that. And for you to connect to your guides. And oftentimes, like when I go to mine, like I go to connect to my team and my guides to heal anything. And then, so I'm ready and I'm aligned and I feel grounded in my own system. So it's really a place for that, um, to connect and to, to release and to connect with your, your team or your guides or your higher self or source or God. Um, and so that, that's the, the purpose of that creation. <laughs> that is so, inc- I've never heard the term home of the soul before. Can you, can you talk a little more about that? Cause that's something that I need to know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our soul has had like so many different experiences. Um, and obviously there's so much that exists beyond like what our physical eye can see. And so oftentimes these are places like within more of the astral realms, although mm-hmm. like sometimes past lives will come through and there will be elements of past life stuff in, in them. Um, and it's really for, again, for you to go and like have that feeling of being home. Cause oftentimes spiritual people feel like they don't have that. 
Um, and so it's a place for you to go to realign back into your, your system. And it does like, you know, it exists because we can create anything that we want. So oftentimes it's might be a place that we've had experience in, or it's just a place that we've created for us to go so that we can heal, align, release and connect. Um, and just where your soul feels like it's safe and held. Um, and that's why like you can connect there. It's like a meeting place and, and a home for you to go in the astral realm. Um, and yeah. <laughs> wow. So you can actually have multiple from what I've understood. Cause I, I have a couple, but, um, it's depending on sometimes what you need at that moment in time and the energy that you need. That's because I randomly was doing meditations mm. and would come to this place that I'd never thought of before. And it was like this pond, um, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always kind of reminded me of Greek mythology of the, the, like the Eros pond where, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to butcher this right now. Um, but it's this pond and it has this big lotus flower in the middle. I was just picturing myself in the middle of this lotus flower mm-hmm. and I would go there. Yeah. When I was just like, I just need to feel better. I don't know like what this is, but I like this visualization and I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep going there. I didn't even realize that's a possibility of what that could be. Yeah. Yep. That is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a meditation that you got taken through by one of your, one of your teachers. Yeah. Um, I don't know why <laughs> I was so younger, like I was so young. And so he probably told us, I just don't remember. Um, but yeah, he took us, he took us through it. It was a group class, I think that time. Um, and again, I don't know what the purpose was because I yeah. don't think I had anything to do with the class. Um, but yeah, he took us through that process and like, it's really one of the few that, I mean, like they've all been great, but it was probably the one that stood out the most to me, um, yeah. probably because eventually I would do this work, but also it was where I would go in meditation and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was like one of my favorite ones that wow. he, was, and he would always say like that place exists and you can always go there. Um, so yeah. What a comforting thing to be told too. Like even just hearing it from you now, I'm like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Sense of <Very> relief. Nice. <laughs> like I have somewhere I can go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you do astral projection projection at all? Sorry, words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yes, probably. I don't know if it's exactly like, I don't really follow any rules. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so I don't know if it's like in the way that people like usually do it, but I definitely will go and, and travel into different places. Um, but I don't think it's the way that other people <laughs> really do it. Well, it's not the like Hollywood uh, concept of like yeah. you, you're, you're this like, you know, ghostly being coming out of your body and staring at yourself. I think it's, yeah. it feels a little different to me. It's all very visual. Yeah. Like for me, it's very visual. Eye. Yeah. Um, sometimes I don't feel like I'm in my body, um, when I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like my meditations at least now and for the phase that I'm in to be more about quieting my mind and, and silencing it. And I only really do things like that when my guides tell me to, because mm-hmm. there's something I need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's like a purpose behind it, then I'll, I'll do it. But for me and like my path, like my mind is going a million miles a minute all the time. So my, a big thing that I have to learn is how to quiet it. So most of my meditations are just like, just sit down and don't, don't do anything. Try not to think. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? Yeah. Like I'm still in the phase of of my spiritual growth where I'm in guided meditations because my mind is so hyperactive that I find Mm -hmm. that like 
I just like almost can't sit still that long. And there's some past life trauma there where I had been in silence for so long mm. that silence is almost very overwhelming to me. So I need like, <laughs> I need like something to distract my brain a little bit while keeping it on track. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense, you know? Yeah. I um, think, yeah, I think for me, it's almost the opposite. There's a lot of past life comfort because I've spent mm. a lot of past lives in solitude. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so for me, there's like a comforting feeling whenever I am in, in that silence and I'm by no means like I, it still definitely runs for me whenever, um, that happens. What I do is I'll just literally say God and mm. I'll just keep saying it or I'll just keep like just saying no, um, until like it's silent and obviously it, it can happen, but the goal is that it doesn't happen for like a longer period. And the more that you're working towards it, the more those periods are, you know, it's silent. It's a lot more silent in between. So I always have like something I go back to for me. It's like, God, sometimes I'll say Babaji's name. Um, mm-hmm. cause I also love him. Um, and, or like mother Mary, whatever, whoever I'm working with, um, right. or I'll just say love or like go back to love. Um, but it's always like one word so that it's like realigned. Um, Mm -hmm. this one teacher I really love, his name is Derek O'Neill. Um, something that he suggested was like for people to always think like, I wonder what I'll think next. And then typically it does like go away for a few minutes, (laughs) but in the beginning of a meditation or if if I'm still in it and my meditation or my mind's kind of going is like, well, what, what's the basis of what's coming up? Cause sometimes too, it's that there's like an emotion that's Mm -hmm. there that I'm, trying to suppress or that I'm hiding because I'm someone who definitely has a tendency to do that. Like I can kind of be almost like emotionally numb if I don't take the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not numb, but like, I definitely need, I need to like cut out time to feel things, which is sounds okay. not sociopathic, but like, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Cause um, you're so busy though, that it's like, I don't have time to do this right now. And it's like compartmentalizing yeah. where you have to put yeah, it away for I a just, little bit. Yeah. And I think like, too, like I grew up playing sports and like, I had like a very like strict in terms of that. And I was very like disciplined. And so I learned how to compartmentalize very like easily. Yeah. So I, sometimes it's just like, okay, I got to you time to look. Cause like, right. it's like bubbling up. Um, right. not in that I don't feel emotion throughout the day. Like I definitely right. do. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a robot. Um, <laughs> but sometimes if I'm sitting there and my mind's going wild, um, I need to like be like, okay, well what's coming up here? Because I, this is maybe something that's an emotion that's attached to where or something I keep going back to Cause sometimes it'll be a memory, Mm-hmm. Um, that's like running in my mind a lot. And so then it's like, okay, well maybe there's something here that I need to release. Um, so sometimes I'll, I'll do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like a grocery list and I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, this isn't, this is do you do that work mainly through meditation? Like when you're, when you're like kind of trying to process, um, a repressed memory or, uh, maybe an emotion that you'd been, you have been dealing with, is that all come through meditation and through connection with your spiritual guides? Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean like sometimes it's journaling. I think mm-hmm. for me it's, it's after what I don't, I don't know if there's other people do it, but it's mm-hmm. actually after I process through meditation, I'll journal about it. If there's mm-hmm. like any residual stuff and just to like get it on paper. Um, but the majority of it is like working with my team and my guides to be like, I just want this to be got done. So whatever I yeah. need to like have be brought up for me to look at and for me to release and for me to feel around, like let's do it. <laughs> let's <laughs> like, just get it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't want to deal with it anymore. So let's go. <laughs> um, you have a podcast, don't you? Um, kind of. I've taken a little bit of a break from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been thinking about like what, doing it again and like picking it up again, but I'm not sure what I want it to be. But it's still up if people want to go listen to it. <laughs> when, when did you decide to do that? And like, you know, how did the how did you come to that so, uh, medium? <laughs> um, once again, prefacing this is I was a terrible employee. Um, <laughs> I I actually was like still working at nine to five. And um, I was laid off from that nine to five too, because mm-hmm. yeah, for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but um, I didn't have much to do, so I was just like kind of either like meditating at my desk, not like closing <laughs> my eyes, but like I'd be like meditating kind of, yeah, um, with my eyes open. Or I would um, listen to great podcasts or things like that. And so I was like, well, like I like asking people questions. Like I like yeah. talking. So um, I came up with the idea to to start it. So it was actually more of like, I saw it as a segue to maybe like doing my own thing a little bit, maybe meeting like cool people when I was still working this nine to five. Um, and it, it actually was like a really great, I've met some like really amazing friends through doing it. Yeah, um, me too which has been beautiful, um, and really awesome. So I have been thinking about starting it up again. Um, it was just kind of starting to get to a place where it was like, either I have to make, make this a really big aspect of my business or I can focus on other things. And Mm -hmm. at the time I wanted to focus and put my energy into other things. Mm -hmm. Um, but it started because I wanted, I, I wanted to start doing things on my own away from my nine to five. And then I was laid off like two weeks later. <laughs> oh, right it's like your, your like freedom cry. You were like, yeah. this is it. I'm out of yeah. here, people. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting is a really, you do really meet a really cool community of people yeah. through like, you know, asking for guests and stuff. Like I've met really amazing people and like have really yeah. kind of found my community of, of witchy weirdos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so awesome. And I was so surprised about how like generous people were with their time. Like I was expecting to get like rejected every, every time I reached out and everyone was like, no, I'll come. It's just like, really? Right. <laughs> okay. Girl, me too. I, I swear. I remember reaching out to yeah. you and be like, well, this is a long shot. And then you got right back to me. And I was like, Oh my God, my life is worth something. People want to talk to me. Like, it, was, yeah. it was a cool moment. I had a little dance party in my living room when oh, that happened. <laughs> it's like you're throwing yourself out there and yeah. especially when it's, you know, it can be a touchy, not touch, I mean, touchy is the wrong word, but like you got to be careful yeah. with certain groups of, of people with how you word things about the spiritual realm. And when yeah. people really kind of come to meet you on that level where you really want to be digging in. It's just this electric feeling where I'm like, Oh, I get to talk about all of my favorite things today. And nobody's <laughs> going to give me side eye about it. Like, <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> it's the best. I know. And I yeah. love that you like also realized, okay, I wanted to do this podcast for the right reasons. And now this, this just isn't serving me the way that I wanted to. And I'm, I'm okay with putting it on the back burner for a minute and doing what I need to do and what I'm being led to, or not led, but guided to do. Yeah. I feel like that's such a like boss bitch move. You know, oh, be like, yeah. To be like, no, I know what's good for me and I'm going to do it. I felt like I was a failure, but thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you set personal boundaries for yourself where you're like, yeah. well, I have this work to do and that's, this is far outweighing what I need to do over here. So that's where yeah. I'm spending my energy, yeah. you know, instead of like trying to juggle everything and, and burning yourself out, you're very careful and deliberate with how you do things. And I love that. Yeah, it's definitely, I think 
time is a big thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually like uh, something I'm working on. <laughs> um, but <Me> too. <laughs> we, as like entrepreneurs, like you really have to honor like what feels right and good and not really doing what you feel like you should do. And mm-hmm. I was getting caught in that a lot of like, well, I feel like I should market it like this, or I feel like I should do it like this. And um, my friend was talking with me the other night. She's like, you've never done anything the way that people tell you to do. Like you've done it like usually the opposite way. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's true. So like, right? I think it's so important for people who are just like, especially just starting out to like honor that and know that there's not like a specific blueprint for like how things should be. Yeah. That was my, that's been, has been, and is right now one of my bigger like hurdles because I get so caught up in the, in the shoulds of it all that I forget to be creative. And I have to remind myself every day. I'm like, this is fun. (laughs) This is a fun (laughs) venture. This is for fun and it should be fun. And if you're not having fun, then you're not coming at it from the right angle. So I have to like reset, meditate, like get back in the right mind frame and then come back at it. And like, Mm. when it's time to put it away, it's time to put it away. And that's all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so hard to come to that though, because we live in this like rat race capitalist society where if you're not like, if you're not out producing the next guy, you feel like a failure. And I'm, I hate that. Like, I don't, I don't want my worth to be based on that. You know, I want it to be based on the content, not the, the, uh, the frequency of that content. Yeah, exactly. And especially I think if you're in spirituality and like spirituality is your business, then it's really important because everything has to be super aligned and everything has to be coming from a place of love. Right. So it's like, I think it's like the industry that it's like definitely has to, um, be that way. And so it is really important, I think, to make sure that you're operating from that place, um, in that aligned place. And that's sometimes something I struggle with still, like, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest, but, yeah. um, it's, and I think it's important to always like come back to that, or at least know when you're getting to the edge of burnout, knowing your signs and your signals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was having burnout recently too. And I was like, why is this? And it's because I had shoved so many things on my plate mm. that I was, cause like that entrepreneur spirit where you're like, okay, well I can, hopefully I can get all this done. And if I can't, then, uh, and I've had to really simplify my life to be like, if I'm not actually practicing what I'm talking about, there's mm. an issue. So I had to take a moment and be like, nope, I'm taking all of this stuff off my plate. And I am now going to make sure that I am putting the time into myself, my own spiritual alignment, my own spiritual meditation, my own work, mm-hmm. um, along with this work, because yeah. both are so important. And if you're not, you know, if you're not practicing what you preach, then what the hell are yeah. you doing? <laughs> exactly. It's so important. <laughs> yeah. And it's not always easy to make the time to do that, but like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> yeah. You have to. It's yeah. It's about like to integrity and making sure you're living in integrity. Right. Exactly. Um, so what are it like, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned through this work and working with clients? Um, I think the biggest one to me is learning my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, and like what I actually want to do. And again, going back to like what I think I should be doing. Um, I think I have, I had to learn that, um, sometimes the hard way, yeah. um, and figure out like what works best for me. And like, there were certain aspects of doing this where, I thought, well, because I don't have that big of a, of a following, like I should probably still be doing this because that's what other people are doing. Like, but it wasn't working with my energy at all. And Mm -hmm. there was something better that my guides wanted me to do. And so, um, I think it's, it was just kind of learning about how to 
to understand my own energy and what actually like makes me want to get up out of bed in the morning. Like what makes me excited, um, to do. And if there's something that I'm dreading, then that's probably not going to be something I should keep doing. Right. Um, so there was definitely, there was a lot of moments of, of that, um, and walking away from things that I think didn't really make sense to anyone else. Like, especially a lot of my other friends who were entrepreneurs, um, I would tell them and they'd be like, maybe you should do this. <laughs> like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> um, so yeah. So it's just like, I think really trusting yourself. That was like the biggest thing for me, um, is like knowing, I think that I probably will always be different. And I, that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will, will never maybe like fit in, or I'm always going to work differently. I'm always going to have a different viewpoint. And that was like a lot of inner child work I had to do. Um, and so that was a huge thing too. And I think like a lot of people who grew up um, feeling like they were an outcast or feeling like they, you know, didn't fit in or they had to follow a certain blueprint to live a certain life or anything like that. Like that's something that they had to let go of. And I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs because, you know, we essentially just being an entrepreneur you're diverging from the path and from what everyone said. So, um, that was a really big thing too. Um, yeah. that I had to let go of and that I had, I had to learn about myself. Yeah. I understand that. I was, uh, quite an outcast in my <laughs> formative years myself. Yeah. And I, that is something I still have to get out of my own way about as I like, especially on social media where mm-hmm. I'm looking at what other people are doing and I'm beating myself up because I'm not doing that. Well, I'm not that person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't, exactly. there's no way I could possibly be doing what they're doing. Cause I'm not them. Yeah. And like learning how to trust yourself and to trust your vision of this and that being weird and different or whatever it is, is okay. And like what I'm trying to do right now is really like realize how much what I think are my weaknesses are really my superpowers. Yeah, exactly. And that's been, that's been a pretty eye opening experience and it's a struggle. Like mm-hmm. one day I'm on top of the world and I'm totally here for it. And the next day I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> what am I doing? Somebody hide me. Like, this is not, this, this, is, hard. Is, this is scary. <laughs> I don't know how people do this every day. Yeah. And it's like, it's also kind of knowing what isn't, isn't right for you in that particular moment every day. Cause yeah. we wake up a new version of ourselves almost every day. And mm-hmm. our experience is so different every single day mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, what you did yesterday, if you did it, got 10 million things done and the next day you need to like sit there and stare at like a spot on the wall. That's also okay. Like, <laughs> there's yep. nothing wrong with that. Uh, yep. If it's healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? like, healthy way. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what are some of the like biggest synchronicities you've seen with clients? Have there been any like magical moments where, you know, you've just kind of gotten confirmation that's too hard to deny? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's always like, a it's, it's really cool when, um, especially when I was giving like reading readings, um, Mm -hmm. I would like tell them, oh, this will happen around this time. And I usually would like steer away from timelines, but sometimes it slips out. Mm -hmm. Um, and it did like it happened around that time or like something occurred and it like lined up and it made a lot of sense. Cause sometimes I'm not shown everything. So right. for one of my clients, um, it was really interesting. Cause I was like around this time, like, I don't know what happens, but like it's like zero to 60. And then all of a sudden you're in these rooms with people and like, I don't really get it. And then, but like, then she had a video go viral and gained like 25,000 followers overnight or something like that. So like, 
I was like, oh, that makes sense. So it's like things like that, that <laughs> it's like, oh, that's nice. Um, or I had, um, a client that, um, was like struggling a little bit financially and like her guys were like, she's going to be fine. Like just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's what yeah. you need to do to let it go. Um, and then like almost immediately after like her business started picking up. So it's definitely like, I definitely work more in the realms of purpose, um, right. especially for, for women. That's more of like what I lean towards rather than like romantic relationships or any, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was like super, always super rewarding to see like we would do a session or we do a healing and then like something really big would happen in their business. Um, that would propel them forward. That's so cool. Like you're awesome. You're giving them healing for that, like something specific. That yeah. And like, like, I didn't ha- do anything, but like, <laughs> right. It's not me at all. It's all them. Um, and, and all God, but yeah. it's always really cool to, to see something like that happen. Oh, that is amazing. I love that. It's always cool to watch you like the healing that you give have, have an effect Yeah, and to like, to propel somebody forward to like their own healing and their own, you know, their own connection yeah. with the divine. It's a really yeah. beautiful feeling to be able to, for them to be empowered. Yeah, absolutely. Empowerment is so important. And I feel like that's got to be the watchword. This, you know, from now on for us is like empower each other and like celebrating each other is such a beautiful thing that we can do and we should do it more often. Yeah. (laughs) Well, tell us about um, what kind of services you're offering right now and where people can find you to book with you and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. So um, the custom art is really like a one on the only one on one service I'm offering right now. Um, And then I'm actually going to be starting, um, which just told me yesterday, um, my golden light mystery school. So it's going to be a, I think it's nine weeks they want nine, nine week program. And it's all just intuition. Um, And that's going to be starting. I'm officially launching it. I think March 15th is when they told me it needs to launch. Um, But like, when I like watch things, I'm usually like, Hey, I'm doing this. <laughs> but like, two weeks <laughs> up until then, um, it's not like, it's not a very, uh, yeah. Marketing for me, is just so interesting. Um, I understand <laughs> with you on that sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a big secret. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's like, uh, I'm going to officially be open for enrollment March 15th. And that's like a nine week program of like teaching about like intuition, um, and how to get in touch with it. And like, the different like gods and, and goddesses and ascended masters and the chakra system. And, um, even just like, it's more for like people to understand themselves at a deeper level. Um, and then almost like, I think immediately after that, I'm going to be doing my healing certification. Um, so that'll probably be around May, I think, um, oh. as when I'll open enrollment for the certification. That is so cool. I love that you're doing a mystery school. That is like, I'm so excited. That I I just love the name mystery school to begin with. Too. <laughs> well, the reason too is I don't um, on the first episode of this podcast, me and my mom were talking about two ascended masters, Mary Magdalene and Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, there was some video we had watched that told that was uh, he had channeled messages that actually Jesus and Mary Magdalene were in the same mystery school together. Yeah, they and were. That, that is the coolest shit to me. Like I'm just, yeah, I love that, and she was she, like the head person. <laughs> yeah, and she was yeah. a teacher alongside him, and like kind of continued his work after Mm -hmm. and that the I think it was the Essenes please don't quote me on that that 
were teaching this mystery school and where Jesus and Mary Magdalene had learned, and they were very upset that they were telling these like arcane secrets mm. that they weren't supposed to be knowing about. And yeah, Jesus of, upset a lot of people. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you know, yeah. he had some shit to do, and he's probably just change. doing the yeah. same thing you are with his guides. Like, really? Okay, <laughs> I gotta do this. Okay, God, <laughs> so, pump myself up real quick. <laughs> Yeah. Do some push-ups real quick to get the blood pumping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, right on. Well, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I am Haley Cool. I spell Haley H A L E Y. Um, sometimes people like don't don't know, which is fine. Um, It'll be in the show notes for them too. Yeah. Um, and then my website is um, shinewithhaley.com. And then I'm on TikTok, 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 TikTok. Um, <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. It's just me talking about spiritual stuff. So awesome. <laughs> yep. Do you have any um, words of wisdom for anybody starting out that is uh, just seeking out this path or still confused or, you know, dipping their toe in? Mm-hmm. Um, my teacher from his teacher would always say that <laughs> um, the answer is love. So what is your question? So mm. whenever you have a question, I was going back to that. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Haley, for being a guest. I really, really loved interviewing you. And I can't wait to have you back hopefully soon when this mystery school launches and promote that for you too. Thank you so much. All right, witches, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope you had as much fun listening to this episode as I had making it. To connect and book with Haley, head on over to the show notes for links to her social media and website where you can check out her courses and also her up-and-coming mystery school. As always, you can find links to connect with me in the show notes as well, including my website where you can check me out and even book a tarot reading if you want to. I love hearing from you, babes, so please feel free to DM me, email me, and let me know how you're liking the show and if there are topics on the show that you haven't seen yet that you'd really like me to cover. I would also love to give a very special witchy shout-out to the incomparable Brie Banuelos and Jason Andrews for the kick-ass intro and outro music for this podcast. You both are insanely talented, and I'm so grateful to be able to use a little piece of your brilliance. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next week, ciao witches.